how magical that our path should cross. Well, I hear my train coming. Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. Welcome to another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will. With me is Stephen. Hello, everybody. And uh, this is uh, an episode where we talk about the anime film Galaxy Express 999, or as they say in the movie, 39. Yeah, th- good old 39. Yeah. Let's see. Sometimes I think they just call it the 39. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it's a sci-fi classic sci-fi classic yeah it's the uh the, the directed by rintaro yeah he's a very big name in the anime director business he's, it and seems like it yeah an adaptation of leiji matsumoto who's another really big name in uh, japanese sci-fi yeah what else did he do um he did captain harlock he did the Yamato series. Oh, okay, he did that one. Um, which in America was first known as Star Blazers. So if you're an <laughs> old sci-fi guy from, I don't know, in the 70s maybe that would have aired in America. Yeah. Um, that was a, it was a fairly popular in its time, I think, but then it kind of got eclipsed by everything else. Uh-huh. But, well, I know the, the Yamato movie... Yeah, which may have been a compilation or whatever. I think the movies were compilations okay. of the TV series. Well, that Yamato <laughs> movie is supposedly influential uh, uh, to George Lucas in making Star Wars. Mm. Whether it is or not, I don't know. But Yeah, it but, wouldn't surprise me. But um, yeah, I think there were like six Yamato movies. Oh, okay, wow. How many, I, as far as I know, they're like re-edits of the TV series. Okay. Pre- I think that was a really big TV series, like hmm. a really huge long one. Um, Captain Harlock was another really huge long one. Uh, there's some weird movie he did with Interstellar 5555. This guy liked the repeating numbers. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. And now you said Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar. Or is it Interstellar? It was, I'm pretty sure it's Interstellar, I think it was. Interstellar. <laughs> which is probably weird um, English yeah. version of Interstellar in that. Was there a character named Stella? It's like no. Interstellar. I, I have not actually seen that one. <laughs> that one's more of like, um, it's a, it's kind of a musical, I think. All right. Here so we go. It, yeah, it's like this weird anime music <laughs> thing i'm i'm i've never really been sure what exactly it is yeah but it's it's 
all about like music and stuff and it's hmm. more like a giant music video than a movie as far as i'm aware wow it, it is something i've like been meaning to watch at some point and just haven't gotten to yet wow but is that around the same time like 70s stuff? i think that was 80s oh, okay and so i think it's like 80s rock kind of stuff I, i'm guessing i'm guessing <laughs> and you've you haven't seen it yet i, I have not seen it oh i need God. to i need to get around to it yeah dig that one up yeah there's <laughs> there's actually there's a whole bunch of leiji matsumoto stuff that ties into the whole harlock universe i guess yeah um there's just some weird stuff Maytel Legend is another one that I've seen. Like half of them are like really boring, and then half of them are like really good. It's kind of like you can. Go oh, okay. Way in terms of the anime adaptations of them. Okay. Um, so well, Maytel, that's the uh, the name of character. Yeah, here. yeah, that's same the, character. One of the yeah, I think it's the same character. All right. I have not seen that one in ages because I remember it being really boring. But, All right. Well, but uh, it is lying around on my shelf. <laughs> if you want to uh, hear the origin <laughs> story of Maytel, yeah, we could or do that. Maytel or or you pronounce her name properly. Mattel. Yeah, Mattel. <laughs> she is kind of a Barbie doll figure. Kind of, yeah. There's a Barbie aspect there. <laughs> Does Mattel make Barbie? They, they do. do. They, they do. Make sure I have the right toy company. Yes, it is. But yeah, so this is one of the the big influential guys in, in anime, sci fi. Yeah. And Harlock shows up here too, as well. Yeah, he's he's in here. Um, Emeraldus is a part of that whole thing. She has her own. I don't know that she ever really had a series specifically to her, but uh -huh. she's a major character within the Harlock oh, universe okay. and stuff. So she's in here too. It's it's this is this movie is kind of like a bunch of just uh, cameos of these major characters. Like Tochiro, you see very briefly. He's the guy with the glasses and the wide brimmed hat. Is that the guy that that uh, like gets injected the into yeah, the yeah. yeah his souls injected into the ship? Yeah, yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a big major character in <coughs> in the Harlock stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, he's Is Harlock's he, best friend. He's a, a character as a guy, or his soul in the ship? Um, I think there have been different versions of it with him. Normally, I see him as just the guy okay. before this. All right, but I think I've seen I. I know I've seen something where he is the soul of the ship and like <laughs> takes place after this. Wow. It might just be the sequel to this. It might just be the, oh, the sequel yeah, to okay. this. But um, I know I've seen something where he pops up there as like he's a part of the ship. Wow. So this guy you know, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, in researching this, I found out that because you reviewed three movies for the site. Right. For... Galaxy Express movies. Yeah. And There's then three movies of it. Yeah. And then uh, I remember you mentioning that, that the last one didn't get a sequel. Right. But it was supposed to or something? Yeah, it's kind of like it's it was this weird impromptu trilogy we have where the first movie was just a movie. Yeah. And then they made a sequel, which is a completely different <clears throat> movie. It has It's like its own thing. More of an action movie. This okay. one is not so much an action movie. It has some action in it, but it's not yeah. like an action extravaganza no no really uh, the second one is more of a just straight up action shootouts all over the place yeah and then that was supposed to just be its own thing and then like 15 years later they go and make the third movie and it's supposed to have a sequel it ends on a cliffhanger yeah and then it doesn't have a sequel and they just never made the the conclusion to it so well that's what i was gonna say i don't know but what it seems like is there's 
they made after that third movie. Apparently, there's a TV show called Galactic Railways mm. that they made. And I think I have that. The, uh, Galaxy Railways is one I have that I've, it's, it's sitting on my to-do shelf. Oh, okay. Of, well, there's supposedly two full seasons of that. Right. And then in they made some OVAs around that also mm. that are supposed to tie... Okay, so maybe together that's with a, the series. So maybe that's yeah, maybe that's a con- the conclusion was perhaps, a TV series instead of a film. Perhaps. So I'll I'll have to look into that a bit more on yeah. uh, see what's on those that DVD set that I've got. Maybe it has the OVAs in it too. Sometimes they do that. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. So maybe I'll not. But that's been one of my to do lists. Oh, okay. Well, I think I was trying to get some more um, earlier Leiji Matsumoto stuff watched before I got into that one. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So I think there's still some more stuff I was trying to hunt down or something. Yeah. Because that one seemed very recent. Yeah, it's 2000 something. So So I was trying to get to the older stuff first. And I think I may have mostly caught up. And now it's just waiting to get watched along with the other (laughs) dozen things on that show. That's not too bad. Just a a few dozen. (laughs) One dozen. That's not bad. Well, the the things that I already own. Right, right, right. Not not the list of uh, things to eventually get to. The list is is like the the, the man injected into the ship (laughs) uh, who, who is... Sad that he has so many things left to do when he's right, <laughs> gotten right. to this point of being injected into the ship. Uh, that's how that that list is going to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to be injected into a ship. So right, can... at, at one point you will be injected into a ship, and that list will not be completed. So. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, in my spare downtime of processing coordinate trajectories, <laughs> I can watch in a, a few episodes here and there and. Yeah, well, in this this movie, Galactic, what is it, Galaxy Express? Galaxy Galaxy Express Express 3.9. So this movie was also, uh, before it was a movie, there was a a full TV show. Um, Yeah, this actually came out somewhere in the middle of that TV series, at least in terms of actual time. Right, yeah. It's not related to the series, except that it's just an adaptation of the movie. Like, this is actually the first uh, time it ended. Like they made the the movie and it concludes, yeah, has a conclusion. Everything's done and wrapped up. But when the movie came out, both the manga and the TV series were still ongoing, right? Like they they wouldn't finish for like years later. I think the manga didn't finish until like the nineties, even. Oh maybe. wow, uh, it was a really long series that uh-huh. I think there's like over a hundred episodes in the TV series. The manga That's what was I saw. Just, yeah, was going on and on. So it so this was the the. The actual story that the others just were not getting to for years. So yeah. this was the first time people would have experienced the ending of it. But I don't. I think it's its own story because here's here's what I what I what I've surmised. Mm-hmm. I saw somewhere that they were saying the first the the Galaxy Express movie is a is a retelling of the best episodes from the first year of the the TV show. Hmm. And so then I thought, well, let's look into this TV show. And then I found a list of episodes of the TV show, and they had synopsises of each episode. And so if you read the synopsises, there's a lot of things that are very familiar from the movie, 
mm-hmm. but they're completely different. Mm-hmm. So like the first episode <clears throat> is about how the main character, the kid, whatever his name was, I don't remember. Tetsuro or something like it that. It was something something like that. Um and his mom is killed by the Count, what is it? Count Mecca? Mecca? Count Mecca. Killed by Count Mecca, and then he goes to the castle and kills Count Mecca. Oh, in the first episode. First episode. Oh, wow. Okay. And then he goes, he gets on the ship, the, 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 the train in the next episode, and they go and they do something on Mars, and that's not in the movie. Right. And then one of the episodes, they go to Pluto. And there's like a whole thing with that girl that's like uh, on on Pluto with all right. the people in the ice. Right. Like that's a whole episode where she's trying to like do some shit with the kid that's just not in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a little thing in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Like the movie just kind of does this little tiny bit. And it feels like yeah. there's a lot more to that right. <clears throat> that we just weren't getting. And I think yeah. the series probably explores that. And like more. the glass girl on the, the crystal girl on the uh, ship like yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. whole episode that revolves around her whereas she's just kind of like this minor thing in the in the movie right um and then like the whole end game of the movie where they go to that the the mecha planet right i couldn't find anything that was like specifically referencing that hmm. so i feel like they kind of went on their own they they made this whole ending thing and then and maybe that's what the series ends with i don't know but it seemed like they were trying to take the basic idea of like that first episode stretch it into a movie but then also comment on the fact that revenge is kind of bullshit (laughs) (laughs) and so they they tack on this whole end part that kind of yeah, it's, it's makes that point. It's definitely a weirdly structured film. Yeah, <clears throat> in that it does feel like the movie's over when he gets his revenge on Count Mecca. It does for a moment, and then and, that's, and then it just kind of keeps going. Like, no, we've got more. <laughs> right, but that whole like <clears throat> that whole part where they go to the the machine planet is fucking dope. Yeah, it it feels like. Like, because even though it feels like it kind of is over when he kills Count Mecca, it also feels like there's so many themes that the movie's going for that just aren't addressed by that. So it also feels like it's not the ending. Right. So it's a very weird feel to that moment where it's like, oh, we've done our big goal, but there's so much the film has been talking about that hasn't been concluded. Right. It, well, and like the revenge thing, I mean, he's he's been the whole movie. He's like, oh, I wouldn't get this fucker. And I'm going to, you know, and then he does. Mm-hmm. And then he's like unsatisfied. You know, like life goes on. Like, what am I going to do now? And, right, you know? right. And he has to deal with that. And so as a whole movie, I don't know that it's the most cohesive piece of work. Um, and it, I think it was Rintaro's uh, first movie or i think this was his first movie he'd done tv series before this yeah so he he directed the captain harlock tv series okay and i think he might have directed some other random tv series or something before that i'm not remembering right now what he did but i know he at least directed that one i think he did a a few other little tv series and even before being a director there was probably other like yeah i'm sure he did jobs and stuff some other stuff too prior to that animating or something like that right maybe who knows (laughs) You had to work up the ranks somehow. Right. Like, you know, Miyazaki did the same thing. 
Um, so as a first movie, you yeah, know, maybe so. not as cohesive as it could have been, but uh, it's it's actually one of my favorites of his movies because as much as it's not cohesive, it, yeah. it kind of is compared to a lot of his other films. Yeah. In that, um, I think you've seen Dagger of Kamui. I've was... seen Kamui and I've seen Metropolis. Those are the other other ones that yeah, I've seen. Been... Metropolis, I haven't seen that one in forever. But yeah, that, me either. That one I think is a is a lot more coherent and cohesive. Yeah, I remember being um, like amazed by that one. Dagger of Kamui was very rushed. Yeah, and it, you can you can feel like there's just so much that should have been expanded upon but there just wasn't time yeah that one seems like there's a lot missing and or whatever that's usually what i get from rentaro films and in that sense like this film doesn't really feel like that i mean there's yeah. there's th- obviously things that could be expanded on and explored but right. i feel like what the film was trying to do it did completely yeah and that's something that most of his films they feel like they're shortchanged by okay being these uh shrunken down versions of longer series because all almost that what all he of usually films, does yeah. yeah they're like adaptations of longer series uh, like dagger of kamu is an adaptation of a really big novel and like all of his other films like x is another one that uh just feels like it's based on a giant manga and an incomplete manga that to this day has never been finished and that it's one still going or they just stopped um it stopped from what from what i heard on x was that um <laughs> it was <laughs> it was in, like it's done by Clamp, who usually does girly stuff. Clamp, Clamp. They're a group of artists okay. that go by the name of Clamp. They All did right. Card Captor Sakura as their big one that okay. they're really famous for. Is that an acronym or is it just Clamp? It's just Clamp, all caps. So maybe it's an acronym for Clamp. something, but I don't. Okay. I don't know. That, it's all a right. weird one, but they usually do these really cutesy, frilly, girly things. And then X was just like dark and apocalyptic and bloody and violent. And okay. so the magazine that was publishing it was like, um, it kind of isn't really for us. <laughs> it's like in a fucking teen beat or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in like this <laughs> this magazine full of like bright, happy, girly stories. And, the, and then there's this like fucking story about the apocalypse and Jesus. people getting killed. And they're like, um, it kind of isn't really working for our day. Like, wow. So the the publisher kind of like bailed on it and they just never found another publisher to sign on to it or something. Wow. Or they, they then they just got caught up in other uh, projects and okay. doing other stuff. And so they just said, they've it. just never gotten back to it. Oh, and wow. So it just kind of like is left hanging. And well, isn't so, that like, I mean, that's a while back. Isn't that like, yeah, a that, 90s was 90s. Thing? that was 90s. That was 90s. So at this point, it's like, it's just never going to get done. <laughs> Jesus. It's, like, it's just never going to get done. But because, <clears throat> and partially, I don't even know how you could do it because it was set as it was one of those series that was like, oh, the turn of the century is going to be the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, well the century's turned and it's oh, like we're, we're like 20 years into this new century right. almost. How are you gonna? Well, not in <laughs> in the fucking world of X. Yeah, so you just have to, uh, you know. I mean, if they were working on that being a defining point, and we're it was supposed to be like our world, then yeah, they're kind of fucked. But yeah, so it was. I mean, it was set in the real world ish. I mean, okay. there's magic all over the friggin' place, but it was set in like Tokyo and well. They 1999 just, is going to be the end of the universe. Yeah. Well, then they just say like, oh, okay, uh, you know, Y2K wasn't shit, <laughs> but now it's 2025. <laughs> Watch out. And then they just fucking go from there. Yeah. I so I don't know. I mean, 
we fucked I think, up. <laughs> I think also as um, a group of artists, I think the the individual members have changed periodically oh, over so the, the course of the year. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if the the same if they're the same group anymore. And oh, okay. So whoever was really in into that one might not be around anymore. Hmm. So yeah, it's 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 a really weird group of artists. You don't normally get that in in manga. Of yeah, a group usually it's just one just author, one dude. Yeah, yeah, or at least one dude in charge of everything, or one one. You might hire like extra people to one do. dude or one woman. Yeah, or one. Or <laughs> There's one, uh, one, yeah, or the, one woman. Yeah, there's a lot of Ron artists, Yeah, stuff like that. And so that one's just going to be left undone for eternity, I think. But well. except for the the anime, but. But that's, you know, it's his stuff usually feels like it's cramming so much in that he's trying to get so much stuff in there that yeah. it winds up being just too short of fitting the right. pieces together. So huh. a lot of his movies feel that way. Um, Harmageddon felt that way. And and I love his movie because there's, there's so much cool shit going on in them. Yeah. But at the same time, they often feel like they're incomplete yeah or they're missing pieces or they're better. just so rushed that it didn't give you time to appreciate aspects Poor and, Rintaro. yeah he, he keeps getting stuck with these like scrunched well, down projects that maybe he's not stuck maybe he's maybe choosing he them. them maybe yeah. he's just this really ambitious guy that's yeah. just like yeah. fuck it i could do it <laughs> and then just and then he finds out like I can't. Yeah, man. Maybe. But then he tries again. He's maybe fucking... he started off with TV series, and so he keeps thinking, I can fit all this in. I got this in a TV series. Maybe. maybe I, yeah, I don't it, know. Maybe it's kind of warped his ex- expectations of what a story can be in a movie. But... I don't know. But I've always been intrigued by him. Yeah, he's... One, because he has Rintaro as the one-name guy. Yeah. Um, it's it's just... kind of weird, because his name frequently gets kind of confused and messed up. Like, a lot of times you'll see it as Taro Rin. Okay, and weird. Like... So, like They'll think it's two words, and yeah. then they'll like get confused with the whole family name, given name, first and last order. Well, that, he has a real name. That's like yeah, his yeah, stage it's not, name. yeah. It's it's, it's it, that's what's so weird about it is it's a it's basically a, a like you say a pen name, or right, something, right, and, and that it gets confused. Like, that's so what, how weird, are you confusing yeah. this pen name? That's so weird. Yeah. It's like he came up. What? How are you messing that up? Yeah, so it's pretty it's, obvious. Fucking Rintaro. I don't know. Yeah. So sometimes you see it as two words. Sometimes you see it as one. Sometimes you see it broken up and. Switched around. I, I don't know Weird. why that kept happening. Huh. But nowadays, it's pretty much Rintaro, and everybody's like figured out it's right. Rintaro. But if well, you go I back mean, to like the 90s when his stuff was first coming over to America and stuff, oh, it's okay. like nobody knew what the fuck to do with it for some yeah. reason. Well, I, 90s America wasn't <laughs> the best to uh, Asian things coming over here. Right. So, yeah. So he got a little confused in his early releases, and now, now it seems to have like sorted itself out. Yeah, but. I feel like the the anime the fans and the releasing people, like <laughs> I feel like everybody by this point is fairly sophisticated, where right, that kind right. of stuff wouldn't happen. But yeah, it's it's not too too big of an issue anymore. Usually, it's uh, the fandom has kind of developed its expectations and the, yeah. the publishers have uh, figured out what that is and how to well they got to be fans too I yeah would yeah i mean ba- yeah if, you, if you're working in the anime industry in america you're pretty much a fan because yeah. it's not a big money-making industry it's yeah whereas 
in the 90s, maybe they weren't fans and they just had a company like, oh, this shit is hot. <laughs> we got to release these things. And we, I don't fucking know. What is it? Taro Ren? Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. There was there might have been some of that, but I think for the, for the most part, it's just that translation in general at that time hadn't been uh, standardized to a degree in terms yeah. of uh, how to release things and what people wanted. And like just the 90s was a very different time for anime and yeah. released in America. It well, was, I mean, I still see like Hong Kong US releases where they'll flip the the family name to the to the end like a an american mm. name and they'll do it on like two or three people in the credits but not everybody <laughs> and there's like a bunch of other people that are just nor like properly credited <clears throat> i was like why the fuck would you flip that on some people that, and not others yeah it's like that's really weird <laughs> it's fucking stupid like yeah i don't think i've ever seen it like <laughs> half and half like that usually it's like yeah. they either do it for everybody or none of them but yeah it's weird and that's what i think like well do these people care like who the fuck is doing this <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i just i think at the time there was just a lot less knowledge and a lot more of an attempt to americanize things yeah in anime at least that there was the sense that the fan base in america were well americans and they right. were going to want american yeah, they're, they're, yeah so things went more in terms of trying to give an American equivalent. Yeah. And so there, there would be a lot more of that. Whereas now the fans want to be as authentic as possible. Right. And so there's, a, and so there's now the, the theme is to keep as much of the Japanese culture that you possibly can in right. there. So there are a lot of things like with reader die, they had sensei just written into the subtitles yeah, where, yeah in a if it had been translated in the 90s they might have just used the character's name or maybe just said teacher or right okay or, so, or something some, else, some yeah. english equivalent to what that title yeah, would yeah. be rather than uh using the actual japanese word and that, that's kind of the big thing that's changed since the 90s is that yeah. there's more of an attempt to incorporate the authentic japanese cultural uh uniqueness in it well, that's good i mean that's good for uh for the fans yeah yeah it's you it's know? the only problem you could say it would have is that for newcomers who don't know those things it's confusing well fuck them yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking get on board or, or go home i don't know yeah, it's like <laughs> but for for newcomers you have to to learn all of that right and just get dumped on that and not really know what they're getting into it can be confusing but, but that's, that's, that's really the only real complaint you can give but that's that. the thing with any anytime you go into any foreign uh yeah. film realm or whatever yeah, you know you've, like you've kind of got to learn a little bit of the culture yeah i mean know? if you're gonna just start watching a bunch of french movies you're gonna be you know you're not gonna be at home for the first few you're gonna have to get used to them right they have their own you know flavor and culture and everything same thing for Italian movies and Hong right. Kong, whatever the fuck. So yeah, need to be able to get outside your box of right. familiarity. Right. So speaking of American releases, did you know that Galaxy Express three nine was the first anime to receive a theatrical release in the U.S.? Oh wow, it was. Yes, I'm kind of surprised by that because I think there were older ones that did. Well. I uh, I don't know. Cause it I'm, got a theatrical release. Hmm. 
Because I kind of think, because I, I know there were a couple of uh, f- like films from like the fifties, yeah, that got a release in America, like a theatrical release in America, because there was no other release in the fifties. There was no home video. This in is the 50s. true. This is true. And they'd gotten like an English dub and release. And well, like I don't know that it was dubbed. Like that's what mm, I- so this would have been like a, a proper release of. It might have been unedited. Dubbed. I don't know, but I saw it a couple places where they listed it as like. Hmm being the, the first one but huh. like you i know that there were others like that's what i thought yeah was, I kinda, i'm kind of doubtful um, of that statistic there right but right I'm, but I'm, uh, not, I'm not convinced that's but, what i that's why yeah, I, but i read but, it on the internet it has to be true <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like there was some that we talked about where it was just like oh that got a release and they retitled it as this and redubbed it to remove all the Japanese shit. Like, I remember coming across some movie like that. Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't remember what the fuck it was, but it was, like, some early 60s or 50s thing. Yeah, I know there was um, Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon. That was... Yeah, that was one of them. That's the one that I think that I know was from, like, the 50s. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that got a theatrical release in America at the time. And then just never got a video release, so there's yeah. no real way to get a hold of it unless you happen to blunder into the old uh, theater reel and <laughs> get lucky there. But yeah, um, I think there's there was another one that I'd heard of. I think it was called Magic Boy or something. It looked kind of like a Peter Panish kind of movie, okay. and I think that was also from like the 50s or maybe the 60s. Huh. Um, Good old Magic Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having to. I haven't seen that one, so I I know there have been a couple, and I mean I guess it's possible they didn't get a release until after this one did, but this was seventy nine for Galaxy. Yeah, Express, and so. and the U.S. release of this in the theater was I think eighty one. Yeah, so so I don't know. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think that's a little wrong, but there's probably some some little caveat to it where it's like it's the first. Subtitle release, or the first uh, wide release, or the first yeah, whatever the, the fuck release. Yeah, the, the the first release that didn't like alter something or edit yeah, yeah, to perhaps, perhaps. Be I don't something know. else. Yeah, I don't yeah. fucking know. But anyway, thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting <laughs> little factoid of uh, yeah, right or wrong. It's so. What to say about this movie? Else, I mean, I don't know that we really talked about yeah, the movie itself. The movie too much, itself, yeah. it's. Um, I was surprised at how much Western influence there was. Yeah, it's it's definitely a space Western. It's yeah, kind of the genre it's considered. Yeah, like, and 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 I guess it makes sense because there's a train and trains are in westerns, and it's right. uh, an old fashioned train. Right, like it would be in a western, um, steam locomotive flying through space. Yeah, and but I just I don't know. There's a lot of like just straight up western shit in. Yeah, this. they like go to this whole town that's just like yeah. A there's a western, up western town, town and you just got like run down robots wandering around. Right, but it's like it's a western town. Walk into the saloon and well, even in just like the the revenge story of like a guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that was always was something and... that was always something that was like that always struck me as very weird about this movie is that you've got this robot. He's riding on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not a robot horse. No, it's just <laughs> he's, a fucking he's horse. Just riding a fucking horse and right. he's a robot and he's dressed like this kind of Western get up kind of yeah. thing. With the, the hat and the duster and 
Yeah. Got like an old hunting rifle that you might <laughs> see in a Western movie. Right. Yeah. A lot of Western influence. And and also um, when the main guy, the main kid gets his uh, hat and poncho, it is basically the outfit that Clint Eastwood wears in the, uh, the Sergio Leone classic spaghetti Westerns, mm-hmm. uh, Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More and Good, Bad and the Ugly. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's a reference to that. Yeah, might might well be. Those um, were all something s- to, 60s. So yeah, something to more explain on that is, in specific, that's more of a reference to the guy that he's wearing it from. But yes. that guy is probably based on like it's it's definitely linking him to the other guy with the glasses, Tochiro. Who's well, yeah, for sure, yeah. And that's probably where he got the get up for him. But, yeah, yeah, but specifically that hat and that poncho like yeah, just, look exactly like it mm. like it's a kind of a big deal in those movies like yeah. that he's wearing the poncho it's just stuff. it's so weird because that guy does not have clint eastwood's physique no <laughs> or stature at all he's like this no. he's this little midget guy and so it, and the the brim is like freaking three feet out right. from him and... which is it's probably a, a little bit of comment uh comic commentary or whatever you know yeah, just like a little a... funny uh parody thing. yeah it's it's always that's that's definitely kind of the look that tochiro has through the whole series you always yeah. see him wearing that and the hat's always just full of holes or yeah yeah you often see it getting new holes as <laughs> things shoot around him and the poncho and everything um it's kind of a Interesting that like there's that that character is the guy that um, Leiji Matsumoto kind of identified with as like the the character that was like his representation of himself in that world. Okay, and, and that's the guy who gets his soul injected into the ship. Right. right. Okay, and it's kind of like the it, I think you mentioned something that like Harlock he like thought of as like his, this best friend he'd had in his younger days. Of, okay, like, this this guy who was like invincible. He was confident. He was. He's out there doing things and being cool and badass, and he yeah. saw himself as like this tag along to this great guy. Okay, and he was like, he, and like this little tiny guy with this big. So it's kind of like his view of himself as compared to this friend he had. Oh, that's and, interesting. And so he like injected that relationship into the story, and like Harlock was this guy that he always looked up to and was his, was his best <laughs> friend, and that he thought wow. was way cooler than himself. And so he made himself this like short, midgety, pudgy dude with the glasses, and, <laughs> and then like Harlock was like his best friend was this tall, like yeah, yeah. handsome, swashbuckling badass. And, <laughs> and did uh, Matsumoto actually look like that? I'm, I've, I don't think I've seen a picture of Matsumoto of what okay. he actually looked like. Because maybe he's a little fat dude with glasses. Yeah, I maybe. Know. I know um, Tezuka puts himself in a, in a lot of his stuff. Yeah. And so he has this version of himself that he's drawn and, and <laughs> always looks a bit goofy. And it c- kind of actually looks a little bit like Tochiro, the little oh, short okay. guy with his big nose and glasses. And <laughs> <laughs> but he he pops up in his own manga and huh. anime fairly frequently enough like the astro boy ones it was kind of, it's kind of funny he has these little like introductions where he himself will be oh really talking about oh, like cool. what he was thinking when he was doing things or answering wow. questions that's and fun sometimes he'll talk to astro boy in those little intros 
there was one where somebody had asked him, like, why does Astro Boy have like five fingers sometimes and four fingers other times? And it's like talking about like the perspective. And then he's like, and so he's talking about this as himself with Astro Boy in the background, looking at his hands, like being uh. all confused. <laughs> like, it's like one panel, he's got three, like the different number of fingers. He's like, what? <laughs> That's funny. Where he's just talking about like some fan questions about his drawing style and he's uh -huh. like talking about it and illustrating it at the same time. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, there, there you go. Tezuka, it's again uh, throwing his influence to the future again. Yeah, like, yeah. But, yeah, Matsumoto would have been probably contemporary to him, really, but a little bit later. Maybe, not much. yeah, starting a little bit later, maybe. Tezuka would have been 50s on into the 90s, I guess, maybe. Yeah. In the 90s or the 80s, I think the 90s, but he was working right up to the end. Leiji Matsumoto would have been sixties, I think, when he started. So Astro Boy would have been a thing, would have been when he started. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's probably the next in the chain of big manga artists that big really influential guys. Yeah. yeah. Would be Tezuka and then him would be the And Matsumoto what's, what's the, the next guy in the chain? The next guy in the chain. Hmm. I might say I don't know that it would be a specific guy, but it, it might be Macross. Might be one of the next. Well, the next isn't that big one? Isn't that a guy? A guy that um, did there's that? there's several people who worked on that. That I can't really pin down to just one guy. I oh. mean, it's kind of become but, revolving around um, Shoji Kawamori. Yeah, but he was he was the mechanical designer for the original Macross, but he wasn't the writer oh, okay. or the director or anything. He directed the movie adaptation of it, and that's kind of when he became the guy of Macross. Okay, but uh, there were some other. It was he was less of like the figurehead of it when it was just the first TV series oh, came okay. out. So that one, I don't. I mean, you could pin it on him as the next guy, I guess. But he kind of just the show in general. I kind I kind of feel like Macross itself should be attributed to a few more people than just okay. him. Um, no, we need to reduce it down because <laughs> there's a chain of guys <laughs> <laughs> and they all followed each other. That's how it works. Because <laughs> the other thing here is that Tezuka is a manga artist and he did a lot of animation too. But right. He was the manga artist, so he created everything, all of the ideas and stuff. Leiji Matsumoto, again, manga artist. Manga and artist. Again, I think he was pretty heavily involved in the Is there no Macross comic at all? Um, there might be at some point, but it was made for TV. I don't. It didn't oh, start as a manga. Was it was the not. First thing. Yeah, it was not an adaptation of a of a okay. existing manga, which is why that one suddenly gets into this weird yeah. thing. Um, actually, the next guy, it might be between Macross and Leiji Matsumoto. Would, um, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head here. The guy who made Speed Racer and G Force. Okay. Um, I think he did Gigantor stuff too. He did the character designs for Gigantor. Hmm. Um, I can't remember his name offhand, but he did some stuff. So he may or may not be the next link in the chain. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of that as being <laughs> the next next big link. Yeah. yeah that would have been kind of contemporary to Voltron. and kind of So the 80s guy. Yeah, yeah. This would have kind of think into the 70s. Would have, like Speed Racer, I think was probably that's 70s. probably seventies too. Yeah, I think the American releases of that stuff wasn't until the eighties, but yeah, I don't the know. actual original uh, stuff would have been um, Kashan. He actually made a Kashan. 
okay. the same. I don't know if he was just like the character designer for those things, how involved he was in the, I know he worked on all of those things as yeah. a character designer. <laughs> how much he invented them or not, I'm not sure, but it was a he was he was the char- he was a big character designer kind of in the 70s Eric kind of anime stuff, so hmm. I'd say he might be the next big sci-fi linking guy then then you get into Macross. Then I don't think there's anything super big until Evangelion, which and that's like late '90s. That's late '90s, and that totally like turned the entire industry on its head. And how much of that was uh, just the fact that anime was kind of exploding in the West at that point, anyway? Yeah, and how much of that was just and like, CG? Yeah, and CG. It was that late '90s is right where just everything just kind of turns and so evangelion to me is kind of emblematic of that uh-huh. and how and it's, in a good way uh, in good and bad ways it's kind of <laughs> like it's give and take with that one yeah but it's that one i kind of think of as like the last non-major cg i think that one was not much cg in it oh really it was pretty straightforward oh, okay. cell animation if i remember right and it was it was kind of in that that last era it was, and it was it completely transformed the mecha genre it completely transformed like anime in general it invented two brand new stereotypes or at least like solidified them of character wow. like of just these really generic character types that suddenly everybody was freaking copying of the yeah it was it was the neon genesis yeah it was <laughs> i mean if if you're going to talk about like the most important like anime ever Astro Boy would definitely be number one because that basically created it. Okay, um, and it might be Evangelion in number two. Wow, that—that's how much that show influenced uh, anime in general, wow. and just the industry as a whole. Well, I guess I should watch it at some point. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that's important to see and just see what it did. Yeah, um, but at the same time, like if you aren't familiar with what's going on at the like prior to it, you're not really seeing what it's changed. You know. So okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, it'd be like, here's so, Star Wars. It changed the entire industry. But if you've never seen anything else prior to Star Wars, you don't really know what Star Wars did that changed that's true. everything. That's true. So, yeah. It's kind of like, it is important to see it, I think. Yeah. So. You should do some homework, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you're, if you're wanting to study how the, yeah how things changed, it might be. But at the same time, you're you have some basic familiarity with things like Voltron. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing that was mecha anime before Evangelion. Yeah, I mean I saw it when I was like when I was a kid. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I remember any real specifics other than robots coming together to form Voltron. <laughs> right, right. But, um, but it's kind of that stuff. And Power Rangers was kind of the same. Yeah, same they come deal. together and they. Uh, they fight and yeah. do that stuff. Power Rangers is oddly enough actually older than Voltron, in a way. The franchise, like they're both really, they started way back then. Um, not as Power Rangers. That's the Americanized version of well, it. Well, yeah, the, but the actual Sentai, TV series yeah. that goes back to like seventy-five. Oh wow, it's super old, still going today. You know, I did look into that. I think you mentioned that to me before, and I looked that up. And the se- the like the season that they made the first season of power rangers was like Isn't season it? 18 or something yeah shit yeah it was like way the, show. Into the yeah. series when they started and then like all the ones after that are still like yeah they're still they're now power that, yeah. rangers 
fucking ninja force or whatever the fuck right dino, right Dinobots <laughs> or whatever as, the fuck. as far as i'm aware they're still taking this the super sentai or whatever yeah, season yeah. they're on and still just readapting it into... yeah that's what i had uh, that's what uh my research checked out on that <laughs> <laughs> i think voltron was after super sentai first came out in the 70s yeah and... well an ultraman would be before that Yeah, ultraman would was kind of like the precursor to that and eventually like you go back far enough it's like some spin-off of like godzilla kind of stuff where there's some crossover between them somehow and yeah well the first ultra series was a series called ultra q that i've seen probably half of hmm. um i don't know how many episodes 20 something episodes i've seen like maybe 15 or something and it's an anthology series and basically uh, each episode has a weird monster that they there's no like hero character it's just mm. a weird monster and then there's some like journalists and maybe some kids and just like a, a group of humans that mm. then have to figure out how to stop the monster or get him to be satisfied or whatever the fuck huh. so and a whole so, tv series of like the early like Kind of, yeah. Like first Gamera or Godzilla yeah. kind of things. Yeah, like. and they're just... I don't remember if they're half an hour or 45 minutes, but they're relatively brief and um, a little fun, kind of. Some of them are kaiju-ish because they have a big monster in a suit. Some of them, the monster is a little more nebulous. There's like a fucking ooze monster <laughs> and weird shit like that. Um, And then the second season, they took that and made Ultraman, and and then it became like, oh shit! And they still make Ultraman series now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's that motherfucker, pretty big one. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going, going strong. Yeah, it's all all part of the same Uber family of right, uh, right. entertainment. Japanese, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you get Super Inframan <laughs> taken the, off. The Hong Kong version. Yes, the Hong Kong version. The yeah. first Hong Kong superhero film. Oh, yes. I, I didn't realize that was the, the first. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't a big success because superhero TV shows like Ultraman were real popular in Hong Kong. And some kid decided that he was a superhero and fucking jumped out of his window oh, God. to his death. Um, and that was like the week that Inframan debuted. Oh, and so nobody wanted to see that movie. <laughs> and so wow. it like, killed that because they so if that didn't happen, there might have been like a series of Inframan or whatever the fuck. Yeah, so that's, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's Dang. pretty fucked up. Mm. Um. So yeah, that kind of killed like the whole superhero thing in Hong Kong, and that's why it didn't really catch on. Wow. Um. So on that note. <laughs> uh. But yeah, Galaxy Express. Um. Watching this movie, it's an episodic kind of a movie. They go yeah. here, they go yeah, there. I could, and... I could definitely see how it would work as a TV series, where yeah. every episode they land on a new planet and they yeah, spend and have the a day little adventure, that, that, yeah. and then go back on the ship and fly off and. Right. Go to the next planet the next time. Very, and, very Star Trek kind of a... Yeah, very a much like Star Trek. And it watching this uh, really made me want to watch the show version. Like, right. It's like, right. oh, man, it seems fun. Just roll into town, <laughs> see what the fuck is up, and then roll out. You know, I like Star Trek, so... Uh, yeah, this time watching it kind of gave me uh, this 
I hadn't thought of this before, but it made me realize that it's a very similar concept to Kino's journey. And that roll in town. Yeah. See what's up and take off. You know, maybe that's why I liked Kino's journey so much because it was like, yeah, it's a Star Trek kind of idea or Western where they go into town and yeah. So there's a, and this time watching it, I just kind of came to this idea. Like, you know, that's probably where Kino's journey got its kind perhaps of the, the spark of its idea perhaps, from. Is yeah. this, uh, because this is a pretty uh, iconic anime. And yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. There's a big show and uh, all these movies and more yeah. shows later and comics. Yeah. So and it's, uh, it's Leiji Matsumoto. He's one of the big, yeah, so the big names and big guy. in anime in general. So I, I kind of have a feeling that's where the, the and, concept sprang from. And Kino's was also a comic first? Um, that one I'm actually not sure. I, I think it is. I think it was a comic first. I remember when I watched it. I haven't looked into that one in a while. It so was uh, like there's not an ending. Like it could have just yeah, it, it could have kept, kept fucking going. going. Yeah. and I remember being mad. Like there, there could be like, more. Keep fucking going. <laughs> Why is it stopping? <laughs> um, and then I remember like looking into it, and it's like, oh, okay, if I could read these things, there I could yeah, get more. Yeah. But... I'm, I'm sure there was more stuff. I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure which came first on that. I imagine yeah, the manga came first, but I suspect that's the case, but I'm not certain on that. It's been a while since I looked into that, so yeah. fuzzy on the details there. But Yeah, that was I was lucky with with that series because I watched Attack on Titan, the first series I ever watched, and I thought, wow, this is fucking great. Anime series, holy shit. <laughs> and then I watched Kino's Journey and was like, wow, this is great in a wholly different way. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> anime, whoa. And then I started seeing things that were like, not as impressive. Ah, uh, it's all right, I guess. <laughs> like, oh fuck! I thought it was this great thing where everything was great. It, see that that was my problem. Like, <laughs> I, like, watched all these great things in high school, and then, then then my brother moved out, and it was like, oh, I gotta find this myself. Here's right, an anime. Yeah. Let's just watch it. Oh, what, why is this shit? <laughs> right. So, um, but, yeah. So yeah, this uh, this movie is kind of all over the map. Kind of literally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they go all (laughs) over the place. Um, Uh, It definitely has a lot of just weird random ideas and things that it just throws at you. Yeah, like I said before, it's not super cohesive, but it's also, it's not necessarily a bad thing with this one. Like, I know that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but (laughs) it's like, it's still fun. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. There's... there were times where I wished there were more urgency to things like, oh, we're just stopping on this planet and it doesn't have anything really to do with the the whole plot. Yeah. But but at the same time, like a lot of those little episodes. It, it, they kind of do have to do. Yeah. They, they are kind of like everything in there really does kind of is a necessary component. Right. What's going to come later. Well, and definitely mm-hmm. to like the the main kid's journey of I want, like he starts the movie, he yeah. wants to be a fucking mechanized body. Like he wants his mechanized body so right. he can live forever. And then each episode along the way sort of like opens his eyes yeah. a little bit more to the point that when he gets his revenge, 
then he feels like empty. Oh, what does this mean? And I don't want a fucking mechanized body. Yeah. Like, what is my life? <laughs> like everything, <laughs> right, you right. know, my mind has been blown completely open. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Very colorful movie. Yeah, yeah. Rintaro likes colors. Like Will. (laughs) Rintaro likes colors. (laughs) Yes, very colorful. I liked it. It It's visually nice. I think this is the movie where Rintaro's style kind of starts to uh, appear in that he likes these very surrealistic moments. Yeah. And you get a little bit of that here. It's just, it's starting to form like there's just these. I'm, I'm remembering, like at the end when the planet is exploding, there's like it goes into like kaleidoscope vision kind of, and there's the he likes doing these weird, bizarre things like that. There were a lot like cool, interesting, like artistic touches like that. that yeah, I liked. this is where he really this movie is like in the the because I saw the Captain Harlock TV series. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of that. It's it's not nearly as identifiably Rintaro yeah. as this movie is. I and, feel like I mean I don't know, but I feel like the feature is more right, uh, accepting right. of like artistic uh yeah your yeah. artistic it was kinda, ideas it was kind of interesting watching the captain harlock series because like there would just be this this one little moment somewhere in one random episode and it'd be like that's rentaro and then yeah. like it was just like this one shot and then like it would go but like he was kind of it was like you could just see like the ball starting to yeah, roll yeah. and then like and then in this movie, you kind of see it as just like, oh, now he's he's really kind of putting his touch on it in a in a way that I didn't feel was in the TV series. Like there's this, like when I think when his mother dies, he's like he's running at the camera, and then he like runs past the camera, and the camera like swings around, and it's like upside down. Yeah, and so you yeah. see him running off of like there's an actual physical camera that had to flip to follow him. Yeah, and there was weird things like that. There was some weird, I can't remember what it was, some weird explosion or something where the screen just goes all red and white. Yeah, and yeah, like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, That's just, one of those moments I was thinking of, and I couldn't think of when it was. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm I'm having trouble chrono- chronologically placing it into what exactly was going on, but there's right. just these really just moments where he's just like, I'm just going to do something really fucking cool looking just because yeah. it looks cool. And but like, it's real striking and it's, yeah. it's, it's very artistic. And yeah. And that's, that's kind of his style. As yeah. I think of it and why I like his movies so much is even when they are kind of incoherent, even when they are just cramming too much shit in there and not really following a structure as well yeah. as it could be. It's just, there's all these just fun shots like that. that right. Are just really cool to look at. And, which so. is good in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes them very memorable and what I remember of Metropolis is like that movie is just dope. Like visually, story, like everything about that was just a hundred percent. I remember really liking that one. Mm. Um when it first came out over here in on D V D, so whenever the hell that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I think that's long probably time ago. Uh, yeah, that's when I saw it too, and my memories of that are pretty pretty fuzzy. I don't think I've seen it since then. Yeah, I only I re- saw it the one time, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I remember being like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And I think that might have been. It probably wasn't the very first Rentaro thing I'd seen, but it was the first time that I kind of knew it was Rentaro. Uh-huh. Kind of, um, but hadn't really paid attention to it, so it was kind of like I hadn't really defined him as a, a director yet. Then, right. But, yeah, I don't know. He just really. Uh, I, I just remember. Me. 
the CG in that one kind of bugging me. Oh, really? I don't remember any CG. That was, so yeah, that was in the days yeah. when I was just like starting to get kind of like, oh, there's CG in every fucking anime. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like just getting really annoyed that suddenly CG was just fucking everywhere. Right. Well, so that's, 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 that's... that maybe colored my perceptions of the movie a little, a little yeah. much. But well, you'd have to watch it again. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's it's one we'll have to to watch again and yeah comment on i think i know a lot more about osama tezuka now i know a lot more about rentaro now i feel like i can put those pieces together in a right much more meaningful way <laughs> now than i could back when it first came out yeah um, i know that's uh probably one of the first uh tezuka things to come out after he died okay or maybe not the first but it was it was in that era where he had died and so it, he didn't have a direct influence on it the way he did on most oh, of the okay. other stuff. Because Tezuka kind of, he had, he had his finger on the ball on all of the, the adaptations of his stuff. He had a lot of influence. A lot of times he just directed them or at least uh-huh. was credited with directing them. Yeah. And often like co-directing or something. So he was, yeah. he was big on making sure the animation was doing what he wanted it to do. Yeah. So this was one of the was so a busy he, guy. Yeah, he was very busy guy, and so Metropolis is one of those ones that, like, now his stamp isn't on it. Yeah, in the same way huh. that other movies of his stuff feel like, it just feels like a Tezuka story, and there's there's this definite feel to his narrative style, that right? You can just kind of identify and yeah, I. I... I don't even know that I knew who the fuck he was or Rintaro or anything. I just saw the movie because the cover looked cool <laughs> and then was blown away by it. So I'll be yeah, uh, uh, interested to see what it's yeah, like. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out again. You have it? or no? I do have it. You do have it. All right. I do, I do have the, that old DVD release of it. All right. Well. And it, it's fun, tiny special features disc. It's like the old midget CDs. Oh, really? Wow. I don't know why it oh, came with like, the special features disc is, is one of the little midget ones. That... The disc itself is a special feature. Yeah, yeah. Like an old GameCube <laughs> disc size. Yeah, yeah. Like... A little mini disc. Yeah. That, wow. that That's the only time I've ever seen one outside of a GameCube game. Is just. Oh, really? I, I was just like... It was weird because until then I was always like, why is there this extra little weird divot in the CD yeah, trays? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, why would they do that? I just don't get it. And then I got that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what that's for. <laughs> it just kind of like instantly clicked. Like, well, that's why they put that because there's a disc that you, I had no idea they made discs like this. But. They do. There's There were some like CD singles that sometimes would have a little, little disc like that or... um. Mini disc was a thing, like an actual mini disc was mm. about that size, and th- those were for recording. Like, uh, yeah, people yeah. who used to, um, like bootleg concert recordings, like <laughs> live recordings, most of the best quality stuff is, is if you Use the recorded disc. it on mini disc. Yeah, my dad had a mini disc player, but they were like, they were in like a case, like a like an old cassette. Oh, okay. Like they have a, had a they had their own but, thing. Yeah. Okay. That was like a Sony Sony's thing. They called it a mini disc and it was like, oh, a, okay. It was like a cartridge with a CD inside it. That oh. was probably about that size, but it had like a little plastic cartridge around it. That you'd slide All right. In. All right. So it, it was a thing for a few years and then it kind yeah. of vanished because people, because you know, MP3s came out and yeah. And then you started getting like iPods and it was like, what, what the fuck do you want an right, album right, on a cartridge right. for anymore? <laughs> They sold actual like stuff on a mini disc. I just knew it I as a know. recording thing. 
Yeah, I don't know that there were ever actual proper albums on it because I don't think my dad had actual albums. He had like he he made mixtapes of them. On yeah, it, okay. But okay. I don't know that there were actual like official releases. Yeah, that I don't. Way. I don't know. Yeah, that's something that I mean. It was just such a short-lived thing that I don't really. It was right. like somewhere in the mid '90s, like right before iPod started coming out, and yeah, it was just like, oh, here's this thing. <laughs> And now it's obsolete, like a year right. later, and, and then it just kind of quietly died. Huh. It was it's lumped into there with uh, laser discs in my head as this thing that was like, oh, there's this laser disc thing, and now it's obsolete because we've got DVDs. Yeah, but laser discs were started yeah they were way they were around before, before I yeah. just I'd never really heard of them yeah, until yeah. Uh, into the '90s when they kind of made a. They were, they were at least early 80s when they started. It might even oh, be I late think they 70s. they were even older than that. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea, but it's they were old, yeah. yeah. I know they were They were a big thing in anime in Japan. They they hung on for a long time. That was a... Hmm. a they were very popular in Japan to have the anime on laser yeah. disc and stuff. It seems like that would make sense because uh, I, I think of Japanese uh, consumer products as being like... The packaging is really cool, <laughs> and like laserdisc packaging is always awesome because yeah, yeah. it's big. <laughs> I think there's also an element to it in that um, a lot of times, like the OVAs come out, and they're not like we were t- talking about this before. Maybe not on the podcast, but that laserdisc you you have to like flip them and yeah. switch them out. And yeah. with anime, like with OVAs and stuff, you'd get like this one episode, and that's going to be on the disc. You probably wouldn't have to flip it. It would be well, small yeah, enough that you, you could just yeah. have it on the one disc, or at least, or maybe the divisions would be on, on the episode, so you'd ha- watch an episode, flip it, and then there's so it doesn't right, right break the flow the way it would in a, in a movie where oh the T Rex just ate somebody, time to flip the disc, right, <laughs> God right, damn it, right. like you, gotta, you know, so to not have that uh, disruption That's going true. on, yeah, they it, would, or would yeah, they would coincide with natural breaks for the credits, yeah, or something. yeah, it might have uh, just worked better in that sense yeah that makes sense but i know it was uh it was it was kind of a big thing in japan huh. that the, the laser discs hung on for quite a while in japan after they had kind of died away in america and hmm. anime was kind of a big laser disc thing good old anime keeping laser disc alive yeah i remember a lot of uh, uh laser disc covers for the utena series and stuff uh-huh and had a bunch of those that I just put as wallpapers on my computer. Oh, okay, yeah. Laser disc cover. It looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> so just... Well, on an old screen, that's probably about the size of a, you know, the... Yeah, it would probably be about the right aspect ratio yeah. for an old t- uh, old 4x3. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so so a lot of times when I'm when I'm searching for the uh, the poster art and whatnot for an anime, I'll find oh, the laser disc cover. Yeah. So if you've, if you've noticed that I sent you send you laser disc covers a, a good bunch you of times, you have, yeah. It's because anime was kind of big on laser discs, so hmm. a lot of them have laser disc releases that I find the cover art for and go, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> send it your way, right? Right. Just not that I expect it to be used, but just one more option. But yeah, so yeah, back to Galaxy Express. I don't know how to loop that back in smoothly, so we're just gonna yeah, make I don't a know. hard right and any, uh, back yeah. on track. <laughs> but yeah, kind of 
there's, there's so many weird, fun little sci-fi concepts in it that go on, like uh, not just in the whole turning into robots and right but then they, like, they keep their old bodies on pluto and yeah like that's this, it was just like whoa yeah just these fucking bodies in the ice it's yeah, like well how i mean it doesn't doesn't have to logically make sense but especially in a, in a movie about trains flying through space but, right you know it's, well, it's, it's 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 this is clearly more of a star wars level of sci-fi of well, just we're gonna do something because it's cool right well there's <laughs> well and there's there's an element i was thinking of star wars too um and i i was trying to think of if i remember anything from the yamato movie that i watched if there was like opening shot of star wars iconic star destroyer over the fucking Right. The camera goes on for a really long time. You're like, holy shit, what a big ship. Wow. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple shots like that where the ship will go not over but towards the camera. Yeah, in yeah. And, Galaxy and, and Galaxy Express does that. Yeah. And I think and I was like, is this a reaction to Star Wars doing that? Is it a thing from Yamato doing it already? Yeah, I kind of I kind of think that's at least to some extent um, referencing the earlier Harlock stuff that okay. does that a lot. Okay. Of these big dramatic shots of the uh, Arcadia Harlock yeah. ship that, because that's where it usually does it is when Harlock's showing right, up. Right, right, right. Like, Here's Harlock. Right, He's and, it's, and it's a big <laughs> fucking ship. Yeah. And um, they definitely parody that in Aco. In the big alien spaceship that yeah. comes in, it, there's a, a number of shots where it's clearly like just parodying um, <laughs> okay. shots like that that are in basically every movie Harlock is in. Yeah, yeah. His ship shows up like that with a shot like that, and you'll you'll see some shot from with the cannons. Okay, yeah. Pointing out, and it's just it's it seems to be like in almost every movie that he's in. There's all like a, a nearly identical shot of yeah. the ship, uh, huh. and Aiko definitely parodies that. And it was kind of right, and not just the ship though, but the the in terms of the planets, it makes me think of Star Wars because mm -hmm. I think of Star Wars. Um, one of the great things that I love about Star Wars, the original movies, um, and the prequels also do this where each planet is defined by basically one thing. <laughs> right. Hoth, the fucking ice planet. Right. Tatooine right. is a desert planet. You know, like the moon of Endor is all fucking forest. Right. And shit like that. And so in a similar way, they go to each planet in Galaxy Express and, and it's like one thing. Pluto is it's the fucking repository of human bodies that <laughs> we keep in the ice. Yeah. And and like each planet has its own name. Right. Like right. I don't remember what the names are, but they, they were fun names. Yeah, they were fun names. Heavy Melder. Yeah. yeah heavy, <laughs> planet Heavy, heavy Melder. That's <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah, and they like they show it and they announce like the name of the planet when they're right, going right. to it. And I just thought that was very Star Wars, not that they're referencing each other or anything like that, but just uh, that that idea um, mm -hmm. I, that I really like that the new Star Wars, at least the, the the one that I saw, not I didn't see the newest one, but they do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One reason I didn't like that the new one, but uh, yeah, was, uh, 
Yeah. Did Did you notice when they went to Titan that when they land that yeah it's it's on the the like they get off the train station and there's a sign in the back that says Titan and it's spelled wrong. I saw that. Yeah. yeah it was like T A I. Right. Like, right. It was right. Like, oh wow. Okay. Like just this really goofy. And I yeah I wondered like is that are they trying to spell Titan or are they just is that something else or it's probably um, just fucked up spelling yeah 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 it's just um that is how you would get the long i sound if you were writing japanese oh in, in the english alphabet is it would be okay. so it's it's basically they were phonetically spelling uh, okay titan in japanese we got ourselves a <laughs> scholar over here <laughs> so i noticed that and i kind of like immediately knew what it was okay. what they were doing because i've just seen goofy stuff like that before yeah and i was like oh that's not how you spell titan but that's what if you were just uh, phonetically. phonetically writing out the Japanese syllables oh, of wow. Titan, that's how it would wind up looking. Oh, that's so. cool. I did notice that, but I, I just didn't know. Yeah, so you get a lot of weird misspelled English things in anime like that. That's just because that's how. Like okay. um, we were talking about Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar. That would be um, perhaps just the way you would spell that out if you were phonetically writing that out from Japanese. Yeah. And that L and R are interchangeable in Japanese. There's no distinction. So instead of interstellar, stella, it's like it wouldn't... It's close enough. Japanese <laughs> wouldn't know yeah. the difference between that. Um, and a lot of times, a word in English that ends with E-R, they will just drop the R and turn it into an uh. Oh, okay. A, so... Um, Stella. I know uh, Silver, they do that. It's like Shiruva or something like that. Uh -huh. It's kind of, they drop the R off and leave it as an uh. And huh. that's uh, fairly close to the er sound. And if they had put in the R sound, they would have had to follow it up with a vowel. So it would. Okay. Just because Japanese is kind of structured where consonants are always followed by vowels. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's very rare to get just a consonant end. And usually it's the N consonant yeah. that's like the only sound the only consonant sound that will just end huh. without a vowel following it so any other consonant kind of has to have a vowel afterwards okay i think italian is like that too where there's usually a, a vowel ending things yeah yeah there's a lot of uh vowels on the ends of hmm. words and stuff but in japanese it's just phonetically structured that yeah. way too where down to the basic uh, characters, if you look at the actual Japanese alphabet, not when it's spelled with English alphabet, but yeah, um, each symbol is usually a consonant followed by a vowel, and that's what that symbol represents. Like, there's no way to break it down further. Okay, it's just yeah. not even possible to yeah, yeah. break it down further in Japanese. And so, the idea of a, a word that ends with R, which happens all the time in English, right, right, doesn't it? it can't really like exist in Japanese okay. phonetics. It just doesn't like phonetically. It just has to have a vowel come after of some right, kind. Okay. And so a lot of times, if it huh. if that's more awkward than taking the consonant sound off entirely, they'll yeah. chop the consonant off instead. All right. Well, there you go. So you know, just weird little phonetic things that you get used to if you yeah. watch enough anime. I guess so. I guess so. So then. Uh... Why do they say three nine? 
<laughs> While we're on the the scholarly Japanese line here, that I don't know. That's always been a because they say three. They just straight they, yeah, up they, they, say it. They say it in English. It's yeah. not even like a, Jap- a translation of the Japanese, right? They no, they just straight up. up say three nine. Yeah, you, you pay attention to the dialogue, and it's just sprinkled in there whenever they're talking about right. it. Right, just hear them actually say three and nine. So clearly, they have words for three and nine. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how much that was just done because it was English and it sounds cool. It does sound cool, <laughs> yeah. for sure, for sure, and it's a cool way to say nine nine nine. Yeah, it's it's a faster way to say nine nine nine. Yeah, it's only two two syllables instead of three, and so. it sounds cooler. Yeah, it's, it's less uh, repetitively <laughs> weird. And... Yeah, so I just uh, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, I'm not, so I'm I'm not sure where that came from. It might have just been that uh, they weren't thinking of numbers in the same way that we think of numbers because it's a different culture, and so it. It was just an idea that came to them that wouldn't have normally come to an American. And yeah. I just said, oh, there we go. There's there's three nines in a row, so it's three nine. And right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's fun. I've gotten used to it very quickly after I saw that. I went, oh, that's how you say that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the other thing. When I, when I was mentioning the series, Galaxy Express 3.9, the series... Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in seeing it, so I looked it up, and it's all on Amazon Prime. Ooh, uh, you—it's not on Prime, I should say. It's on Amazon, mm-hmm. and you have to buy it. It's mm-hmm. fourteen bucks a season. No, but uh, they have a—it's on there, yeah. ready to go, subtitled. Cool. So, just just a little FYI. Yeah. Yeah. So. so <laughs> If you're interested in seeing it, you can see it. Yeah, and it may be other places too, but I yeah, that's yeah. What I, I know just... there was a DVD release of it. Oh, I was, okay. I was thinking about getting before because I, I do want to see the series, but at the yeah. same time, it's like a hundred episodes. Where, where am I going to get the time to right. see? No, it? that's just... that's a fucking yeah. So it was one that I was just like, <laughs> I want to see it, but at the same time, it's like I feel like I've got a good enough grasp on it from the film that right, I don't right. need to see it, and, and so I'm kind of like. It seems fun though. Be doing I don't other know. things. Yeah, yeah. It's like the I like space. I like trains. I like Star Trek. I like westerns. I like westerns. Yeah. I like this movie version. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just seems like it would be fun. Yeah. It's, I don't think the series was directed by Rentaro. He directed yeah, I the Harlock series, know. but I don't think he directed the Galaxy Express series. I'm, hmm. not, I'm not sure on that who did that, but I'm curious to see like a different version of it though, because like yeah, yeah. In those synopsises, a lot of like the thing where he goes and sees the old woman and she gives him the 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 poncho and the the gun and the mm-hmm. hat. Like they mentioned that in one of the synopsises, like that happens. Um, and then like at that same time, what the fuck is that girl's name? Um, Maytel. Maytel. She gets kidnapped at that point in the movie. Right. But like that thing happens in a different episode. I think in a different episode, and she gets kidnapped by like robots, not mm. this bandit dude. Yeah, and like like that there was a thing that bandit guy and those kids. That was a whole episode mm-hmm. and stuff. So they like yeah. they reconfigured all this shit. Yeah, into yeah. like kind of a cohesive narrative. Yeah, one one of the things about Leiji Matsumoto stuff that I've heard is that. Um, 
continuity was not his thing. He, yeah. he did not care about the continuity. He was trying to just tell whatever story he was trying to tell, and it didn't really matter to him if it <laughs> lined up with events in other stories yeah. that he'd made. So continuity is not the strong point of a Leiju Matsumoto story, yeah. but... Well, then it makes sense that he wrote this sort of episodic Star Trek thing where yeah. they just fucking <laughs> yeah, they just went around, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he did he work actually on the movie version or um I think so he's in the credits as more than just like original story I oh, forget okay. what exactly he's credited with but I think it's something to do with the adaptation and the screenplay and stuff okay. so I think I think he did have at least some uh input on it beyond right. just being the guy they got the idea from All right well so I think I think he did uh lay down some rules or groundwork or something at least Yeah but I guess that'll always be a mystery as to exactly how much is. Uh, yeah, who knows? One, yeah, one person or another. But and you said the second movie is just its own thing. It's not a sequel to this one. It's a sequel to this movie. I don't know that there's a manga version of it. I think it may have just been its own its own thing kind of thing that was done. Uh, maybe there. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I mean, because this movie, it's like it's clearly over. Like yeah, the, for the sure. Story, yeah. Like it ends. There's, it's not setting up for a sequel or anything. No, yeah. A bunch it. of shit explodes. And <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie ends. Yeah. And then the second movie. So the second movie kind of has to like start over again with um, uh, Tetsuro back on Earth. Okay, so and, he is in it. It's still yeah, he's him, still the yeah. main character. Okay, and he's like, it's like some kind of a. Uh, Kind of like rebellion against the machine empire. All right. Thing. So it's like he he goes back to Earth and he's like, all right, now we, we've now we got to kick all these robots off of Earth because they've taken over the Earth. And all right. So well, he's he's kind of like this rebel fighter against the. And so that's what I mean by it's it's a much more action yeah. movie where it's just like that we're, we're going to kick some ass now. Well, that that does seem like the next step though because he yeah. he deals with his own personal revenge against one robot. Yeah, and then decides that all robots are a bad thing, that this is not a thing we should be doing. Right, and, and then so... he just so happens to be on Robot Planet. Right, so it seems like <laughs> so that he takes be... care of that. Right. And then now he goes home and says, we've got to fucking clean this shit up too. Yeah, get, that get makes sense. So they kinda, it kind of goes through its whole little adventure there, and the Galaxy Express shows up again. Maytel shows up again. All right. Well, so I'm, I'm going to have to watch that one. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one. It's a very different one. It doesn't feel much like this movie at all. Oh, okay. But it's uh, and it's a Rintaro movie, so it kind of feels like. A Does Rintaro it have movie. Uh, pretty cl- colors? Like, oh this yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't remember which movie it was in, but it wasn't in this one, so it must have been. Oh, must have been uh, another. Must one. have been the next one. Um, they go through some kind of like, t- like the Galaxy Express goes through some weird like space warp thing, Ooh. and it's just like this total fucking acid trip in space as nice, they like, nice. like, like it's just flying through somebody's acid trip. And cool. It was just, like, this, Sounds like two thousand one at the end there. Yeah, just like, <laughs> uh, like it was a really, it was a really cool scene. There's, cool. There's there's another exploding planet. I can't remember which planet. But All right. Blow up another one. Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Like let's let's go. Yeah, it was kind of a yeah, definitely a, a interesting, fun movie. A lot better animated. Now that was the thing. I peeked at your review of this. Mm. I didn't read it, but I as I was watching it, I kept thinking like, "Wow, 
that's a great image. I wonder if Stephen p- picked that as a as a screenshot because <laughs> it's been a number of right, years, right. so I don't remember what the fuck the screenshots are. And then, uh, so then I was like, oh, I want to look at the review to see what I put on there to see like what mm-hmm. you chose and then what I chose of what you chose. Right. And so I was looking at him. Like, oh, okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's good. And then while I was looking at that, I happened to see <laughs> a few sentences, and one of them was like that you thought the animation wasn't that good. Yeah, the animation is a little, I mean, for the era, yeah. I think it's probably pretty good. It's not, like, super high-end by any means. No. The imagery is really good. Imagery is good, but honestly, some of the animation is really good. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and then some of it is kind of choppy. Yeah, it kind of it's hit or miss, which is yeah. what a lot of older anime can kind of be that way. And, like, none of Macross it. Macross was very much that way. Isn't that that's after this though? Yeah, right? yeah. That would Macross the TV series would have been like eighty two, maybe. Okay, like not not Rough too long, around, but yeah, yeah, but same general era, but a little yeah. later. Yeah, the movie of Macross would have been eighty six, I think, and that was very well animated. Yeah, but the the TV, but even that one had jumps and right like sections that were very very well animated like ghibli level animation yeah. and then sections that were just kind of choppy and yeah yeah and this one is like that too but i don't think it really ever hits like ghibli animation level i don't know there was yeah i mean probably not ghibli level but there was some dope shit i don't know <laughs> like some of those explosions and and the there's there's a shot where the 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 main kid like comes into the western saloon and the little doors are flopping <laughs> and it just it looks so fluid and it's like wow you know they did somebody yeah, must I have think, cared about those yeah, doors I, I think for the era it's actually done pr- pretty well yeah i and thought it was for good the, the 70s i think is kind of the low point in yeah. animation quality in like, terms of anime because yeah, i know for, like 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 whatever disney was doing at that time was probably like a hundred percent great. Right. I don't think right. they were cutting corners or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what Disney was doing at that time specifically, I don't know. but I always think of yeah, Sleeping it's... Beauty as a seventies thing, but I I think it's fifties. Yeah, I thought that was older. Yeah, most of the Disney movies that I think of are like either older or newer. Than yeah, than seventies. I'm not sure what they were doing. In the I don't 70s. know. Maybe Robin Hood was seventies. Yeah, that one could be. I mean, that one. Rescuers, maybe? I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen a lot of anime from, is it like, basically anything that old probably isn't going to sell well, so it, yeah, it doesn't get released find. very often in yeah. America. Um, So I've not seen a lot of stuff from the 70s, just because it's not very but accessible. It's the but, fucking digital era, man. We don't need to yeah, print this yeah. shit. We just need to put it on a fucking server and make it for sale. Yeah. There's like these things that bother me. Like, yeah, come I on, think let's get it going. Recently, I've I've been seeing more of this stuff coming out. Because like yeah. this was released on DVD just a few years ago. This wasn't even. Oh, okay. Um, like the, the DVD we were watching is not a very old DVD at all. It's only. It looked, like, yeah. Whenever I reviewed it is when it came out. Oh, probably, wow. Because I think yeah. I got it pretty much right when it was, or at least when I noticed that it came out. So wow. It's, it's not an old uh, release at all for American release. Huh. There may have been like some VHS release in the 90s of it or something, uh-huh. but I don't think it was uh, given a, pr- 
a really good proper yeah official like release that you would actually really track down a good quality release wouldn't have right. been until this one hmm. just a few years ago wow and i mean I'm, I'm sure that like like you said it was a theatrical release in america at some point so back in the 80s probably yeah so i mean there must have been some release of it back then may i mean maybe but there's a know. lot of there's a lot of like horror movies that came out in that like 1980 81 and mm-hmm. they like just missed they just never got a vhs because they're too like some fuck you know some like fucked up story of like the distributor did this or screwed this guy over and you know and then they finally come out on dvd or blu-ray now yeah they're like holy shit check this out yeah like like bloodbeat was one of those where Mm -hmm. like it it had some super small vhs release but i mean like nobody fucking saw it until you know and you wish that uh, it was still an obscure. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just, fu- I'm just fucking with you. No, but I mean, this, this could have been something like that that it just had no really broad release that anybody yeah. could actually get a hold of. Um, and it's kind of one of those things that's like I vaguely knew of the existence of at least of the the uh-huh. universe that it takes place in of the Harlock. Well, you know, you knew about like. Leiji Matsumoto and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of had this vague idea that it existed, but honestly, Leiji Matsumoto stuff, it wasn't really a thing until much more recently when we started getting this, the releases of it. It wasn't a thing in the U.S. or not just a... really. I mean, there was Star Blazers, and right. that's pretty much it. I don't think we got. I mean, I think one of the the Harlock movies um, when I was reviewing them it blundered into like. Uh, a US v- VHS co- copy that it had been like a TV movie release oh, that okay. had been like hyper edited down oh, and yeah. renamed like Revenge of the Space Pirate or something where like so it was one of those like super adapted ones yeah. from like the 80s when before anime was a thing and it was yeah, just yeah. like we're just going to throw this shit out there for some kid and <laughs> edit the shit out of it cuz why the fuck not right take out whatever might be deemed questionable by parents and yeah. then edit it down further to fit a time slot and right. throw it out with a weird like TV show cartoon <laughs> dub cast of whatever whoever was doing G.I. Joe at the time <laughs> just like you know without any bother for accuracy to the translation and, right. or coherence to the story. It's or about anything. making money. We don't give a shit about that. Yeah so I mean <laughs> so some of this stuff got released I mean honestly Star Blazers was like probably that kind of a release i'm sure it was yeah it's called fucking star blazers yeah i mean they didn't keep anything (laughs) resembling the title so i imagine that was highly edited Um, yeah so there were maybe a few things like that but i mean i kind of knew of it in the 90s but i didn't see anything of it like the only way to get it in a proper form would have been bootleg yeah it just wasn't a thing you could just find and watch. Right, right. It was something you maybe heard some rumors about or you'd seen little things referencing it. And right. you'd be like, oh, there's this thing. But it wasn't something you could really get a hold of and watch. Yeah. Uh, I or still at least not lo- easily. I still long for those days. <laughs> like the days when everything wasn't accessible. As much as I love now where like, yeah, yeah. I can fucking watch any Hong Kong movie I can pretty much dig up like i can find it or whatever Mm -hmm. i like those days when it's like shit was mysterious and yeah yeah i mean i kind of had to hunt for things like because watching aco it's like i knew the captain in aco 
was a parody of oh, okay. Harlock, but I didn't really know who Harlock was. I just knew that he was a parody of this big figure in anime okay. that we just never saw. And that's, I mean, that's the other thing, like, um, that captain in Aiko is, he's just a flat out parody of Harlock. Yeah, you had mentioned that when we, either on the podcast or not, whatever it was. Yeah, but... it's like he's he's got that same cape and the, the yeah. same attitude. And yeah, yeah. And this movie doesn't really show it too much, but Harlock uh, a lot of times will be drinking wine out of a goblet. Yeah, the... I remember that guy in Aiko had, you know, was drinking wine. So there's a kind of an alcoholic in that one. Kind of a... <laughs> Harlock in the, the TV series, there's a lot of scenes where he'll be just chilling in the cabin with like his crew members just with a goblet of wine. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's like kind of just. So there's definitely. Like, I kind of had a vague idea of its existence, right. but there was no real release of it or knowledge of it, you know, actual knowledge just of, of his it. his stuff or, yeah. over here, yeah. And it was, it was just very minor stuff, and it's it's only been in uh, the past decade or so that I've been seeing more of his stuff released and being That's like, cool. Yeah. cool, I get to, like, check yeah. this guy out that I've just yeah. known as this big sci-fi dude in anime, and I've just... He's yeah. super influential, but never been able to really just see his stuff. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, so it's been kind of a cool thing to see it. Yeah, that's that's great that they're diving into that stuff. You know? Yeah. So that reminded me of another internet fact that I read. Hmm. That is true because I read it on the internet. <laughs> of course. Um, apparently in japan when this movie came out in 79 it was the highest grossing movie of the year in Ooh. japan mm. big hit hey interesting yeah so I, I not only was it uh a popular thing from a popular show it was also a big hit in its own yeah I don't know cool. about the sequels and all that stuff but um, I mean, yeah. if you're making sequels i guess uh, yeah you you had to make at least some money on yeah. that so yeah it's uh so maybe that uh that i don't know if you watched the trailer for it but they had the original trailer on the dvd the trailer features. of the of this movie of this movie of, i did not Avengers. watch it i was i saw it i looked at extras and i saw a trailer and i thought is that an original trailer i should watch it and see if it is and then i thought meh <laughs> i don't know yeah it's it's uh, i don't really have time it was the the original trailer. All right. Well, then I'll watch Japanese it. Japanese audiences probably would have been cool. watching then back I, in then I will nine, watch it in seventy nine. Yeah, and it was it was hyping it up as like this is gonna be the biggest movie of the year. Wow, <laughs> just well, like then... it was all selling itself as like right. this big event. So apparently it was. Yeah, I guess it was. So cool. It wasn't just hype. It was, or at least <laughs> the hype succeeded and it became right, right, right. Uh, it lived up to its expectations. There's a lot of Shaw Brothers trailers like that. The original ones are like talking about like Chang Che's trailers after One Armed Swordsman. One Armed Swordsman was the first movie in Hong Kong to make over a million Hong Kong dollars. Oh, wow. And so, like, every fucking. <laughs> trailer of Cheng Che's for the next like couple movies was like from million dollar director Cheng Che <laughs> <laughs> you know like really trying to sell like hey it's this guy that made this dope shit like watch this new one yeah and then he when he later got a couple of other T Lung and David Chang who then became like the biggest stars at Shaw Brothers mm. in those that post 
one-armed swordsman era um then they became the iron triangle like <laughs> because it was always they were always in Cheng Che movies and they were always like big hits so then oh. you see in the trailers like featuring the iron triangle of <laughs> you know fucking T Lung David Chang and director Chang Che wow <laughs> and uh it's just fun good old yeah. good old trailers they don't really i mean they do stuff like that now but it's not as fun. Something. Not as fun. Yeah, not as fun. Well, modern trailers just aren't exciting anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't even I don't, watch don't if, modern trailers yeah. much anymore. But well, what it is, but I just never really feel like I feel like trailers are a fun thing anymore. Yeah, they're not. I mean, and and now there's they have this trailer, and it's they show you that, and then 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 they have like five other trailers, and it's not, you know just make one. One fucking good one. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know. And they have trailers for the trailers. Yeah. Got a trailer coming out in two days. Here's like five seconds of it or whatever. You know. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. I remember that just being in like a movie theater and it's like it's advertising for a commercial that's going to be on in the Super Bowl. I'm like, right. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like,. <laughs> Like really, in a, I'm in a movie theater getting right. an ad for an ad on TV. But what, what yeah, is this? Uh, <laughs> fuck off with this shit. I don't know. Too much. Too much. Yeah. I need to roll it back. Yep. But, uh, so, what did you think of the end song? The uh... what did I think of the end song? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Did you think that I wouldn't like it? Uh, it's fucking that, awesome. That that song is going to be in my head until the day I die. Yeah, right? it's, it's like, a good one. It's a good it's, one. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's in English for half of it. Yeah, the chorus is in English, and it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a fun fun little yeah, song. It's, uh, it's kind of funny that I was noticing this in the the sequel film has okay. worse English. Like it has English in there in the, like the song and stuff, and it's like. Not as like the English in this song is is pretty good English. You can, yeah, it you sounded can, like uh, like an English speaker who who just happened to also speak Japanese. Yeah, it's like you know, like the guy singing it. It was like, oh, this guy knows how to speak English for sure, or at least yeah. pronounce English for sure. Yeah, and then like in the sequel, it's like, oh, that's clearly somebody who does not speak English, <laughs> right, <laughs> just right. forcing the words in and. I can't remember if the third one was even worse or whatever, but it wow. was just like, it was just weird that it was like, oh, we have someone who's competently speaking English, and then it just kind of goes downhill in yeah. the, later on. Like, it's huh. kind of funny. <laughs> like, I would have expected it to Im- improve, but. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, I guess it just depends on the guy, you know? Yeah. I Maybe the so. guy who sang the first one was uh, educated in the U.S. or something. You know, like Bruce Lee is a Hong Kong star. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started in Hong Kong, but he also he was uh, grew up in the in the U.S. and stuff. So hmm. he spoke English perfectly yeah. fine. And yeah, so they they got a different guy for the sequel, and yeah. he, uh, he didn't speak English as well. But That's... but they 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 wanted to hold true to the tradition of galaxy <laughs> express and have english in the song yeah so. there, there's actually a couple of points where they, it just bursts into song in the in the suit in the, the actual movie itself like yeah when, he, when he's taken off on the train for the first time yeah it yeah. goes into this little musical number it does i enjoyed all of that stuff and yeah was, uh, and he walks into the saloon and there's the ladies with the guitar that's right there's a the little whole guitar thing yeah yeah it's kind of what i uh 
that's that's the way anime does music in it. It's kind of like when we were talking about um, what movie was the Hong Kong one that was that old Wuxia one. I can't remember the name right now. Oh, the Thundering, two swords, Thundering the, Swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one where they just kind of like go into song and right, right. moments, and it's just like we're just wandering around and there's a song going on. Yeah, yeah. Not so much a musical per se. That's that's kind of how anime tends to do it, and kind of. Why I felt like that was similar to what okay. I was already used to from anime. All like, right, all right. Galaxy Express did it twice. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, there's a couple of songs in here. But, yeah. It's uh, fun stuff. Yeah. It reminded me of the, the Time Castle, yeah. That was, good old Time Castle, yeah. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just wonderful. It's just like, oh, it's like he lives in a Time Castle. And there's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, go back. Time Castle? <laughs> like we need more explanation on this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's one of those things that, that sounds cool. Yeah. It's, and then, I mean, what? it's this thing that kind of appears places. Yeah, nobody so you, knows you, where you, it is. And... Like, get this idea that it's like maybe traveling through time. Right, right. But and then, because then... like, like in the center, he's got like all these levers that he's gonna like go to a different time or something. Right. It's no, like... the, it's definitely got a lot of levers and buttons and <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. And then like it like speeds up time or something, and everything goes rusting and falling apart. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was just. I don't know. It's just yeah. this, the weird sci-fi ideas in it are just so just. Like, here's an idea, and it's totally out there, and we're just going to run with it. Right. And we're we're not going to care if it makes a, any sense. It's just, it's cool, so we're going to have it, and it's just going to be fun. Right. It's going to happen. And it's not like they don't build a whole movie on that. They Yeah, it's just this one little moment. The thing happens, that, and then they move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's like, and it's <laughs> something that you could see an entire movie based on. Yeah, for sure. And then it's just like, no, we're just going to have it for like 10 minutes. Right. And then, then we're going to move on. Now he's going to hop on a rocket-powered bicycle. And <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing. <laughs> that was awesome. I loved that thing. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I en- I enjoyed it. It's uh, it was fun. Yeah. So and the weird robot designs—they were kind of like these weird little, like old. Yeah, they were cool. All things. the design, yeah. the whole thing, like all the characters and the robots and everything. I really like just everything about this in terms of design. It's uh, very nice. Yeah. It's a really cool looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Nice colors. I like the colors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very colorful. Titan yeah. was this vivid greens and blues and yeah, just lots of colors. Good yeah, stuff. It's a good, vibrant uh, film. Yeah, the DVD looks nice. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a really nice, good copy of it. Yeah, good. definitely not a VHS master. It's a, no, no, it looks like a brand new master for sure. Yeah, so. looks good. Um, Anything else? Um, uh, just uh, it's a fun movie. It I don't is. know if there's any real complaints to. For I I don't have any complaints about. You don't it. have any complaints. And do I have any complaints? I not not particularly. And I I love the movie, all the way through. I I 
Because I, I can feel like you were saying, like, it doesn't have a sense of urgency sometimes. Right. So. And it's long. It's not, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's 128 minutes. Yeah. It's a little over two hours. So it's, it's definitely a full length right. movie. And so, you know, would I rather have a 90 minute movie? Yes. But at the same time, what do I cut? I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, like, what would I want? out of there like yeah nothing. like i'm glad yeah, like everything know. that is in there i'm like i'm glad uh, uh, to see right it was a lot of fun i also i don't know if it was me or the movie sometimes when i was like oh it's slow because as the movie progressed i got more and more into it and like enjoying it mm-hmm. um and like this is the first move like full feature movie that i've watched in like almost two weeks oh wow because <laughs> i've had like i don't know i've had like a very hard time uh i usually have a routine where i watch shit all mm-hmm. the time and like that is completely broken down and oh wow that uh, sucks. So, so like i'm trying to get back on on um, the the fucking horse and then this movie i gotta watch it we're gonna talk about it and so then when it, I was watching and I was having a hard time like watching it because I was just like, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> I just like everything I've tried to do for the past couple of weeks. And then it just, you know, just slowly on, sort yeah. of like a train. It yeah. slowly, slowly sort of caught speed. Kind of spinning the wheels a bit at first. Yeah. That was so, a nice little touch they always had when they started up like the wheels were like. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then they catch. And, I like, yeah. And, yeah. All was, the train stuff is, is fun. So, yeah. So, I don't know if I watched it again. Would I just enjoy it or, or what mm-hmm. that's always the question with me is it me or is it the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I guess that's everybody but uh for me i don't know personally i feel like it's more of an issue with me i don't know mm-hmm. i have a i'm a very moody sort of person that yeah, doesn't yeah. accept things at certain times but yeah Tuesday, fuck this movie. Right? No, I don't know. Like, there's sometimes when I feel like, like I, I don't want to watch a Hong Kong movie right now, which is weird. Yeah. Because I usually always want to watch a Hong Kong movie. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I want to watch a horror movie. Yeah. And then if it, I'm not watching a horror movie, then I don't. I'm like, fuck this. It's not a horror movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, then it, maybe it's a Hong Kong horror movie. Yeah, I'm pretty much on board for a Hong Kong horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard to go wrong with that. Huh? Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. Like, I haven't watched any movies to write about in a couple weeks. And, like, the last movie that I wrote about, which is going to come out <laughs> uh, this week, the Shaw Brothers, it's like the worst fucking Shaw Brothers <laughs> review I ever oh, wrote. God. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> And it's like, well, that's what I got. I don't know. That's my style. So whatever I got, I'm putting it up. <laughs> but it's pretty shitty. And so um, hopefully the next one won't be so shitty. <laughs> I'll have to look forward to that. Yeah, look forward to that piece of shit review. <laughs> it's for a fun movie, too. I like the movie. But I don't know. Maybe it doesn't come off to other people. But to me, I read it and I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's like, I got problems. This is bad. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Galaxy Express, I enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, the train keeps rolling and I watch more movies. Yeah. Um, uh, until next time.
uh, choo-choo and adios. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. got some feedback keep the train rolling with uh feedback um reader of the site listener of the podcast nick returns uh with the uh, reply to our reply full-on conversation going on here over the span of a month (laughs) so he says I don't know if you remember, I mean, it's been a week, so I don't know if you remember <laughs> what we said to what he said, but anyway, Vaguely. here's the, uh, something about deep space nine. Yes. There you go. So yeah, Nick says recently I purchased the final seasons of sons of anarchy and deep space nine, a bit disappointed to find that Ron Perlman's character was deceased by that season. Jeez. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Ron Perlman was in Sons of Anarchy, but I guess he Neither was. Neither did I. So. And he's dead. So, <laughs> so hey, there there we go. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, uh, and Deep Space Nine, deep, deep Space Nine, I used to have an intense dislike for back in the day, similar to Will, it seems. Uh, I recently read, though, that the show developed some great writing over the course of its seasons, and I became curious. Also, when I found out that a really, really great principal character in American History X, scary movie. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. It's a good movie. Um, so I guess the captain from deep space nine is in american history x i did not know that yeah i've seen the movie but apparently i mean i saw the movie 20 years ago when i saw the movie 20 years ago i probably said hey it's that guy from deep space nine and then promptly (laughs) forgot it right right (laughs) um well he's got one minute left on the library computer uh so he says, check out the musicals that he mentioned before, uh, My Fair Lady and Pennies from Heaven, yeah. which I later realized there's two Pennies from Heaven, so I don't know what he's talking about. Mm. There's a 30s one, and then there's a like a 1980-ish one with Steve Martin. Huh. And I don't know that they're both musicals. I know the 30s one is, but I don't know if the Steve Martin one is. Anyway, yeah. um, I assume he's talking about the old one, but who knows? 
Yeah, might be. Uh... Uh, so check out the musicals. Oh, and check out this metal band. They rock Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and then you put a uh, YouTube link. So be sure, a uh, homework, be sure, <laughs> be sure to uh, check it out. Lord um, of the Rings heavy metal band, all right. Yeah, so I will go check that out as well. <clears throat> and uh, so, oh, I guess we have to reply. Do we Do we have a reply to this? Uh, I don't know, because it wasn't really a question. It was more just a uh, it wasn't. It explanation was a, yeah, it was of things. A, so. a, a response. Yeah. No cryptic writings here. Yeah, uh, yeah, nothing to week. interpret. Just uh, some <laughs> straightforward info. It must have been that one minute left. He did. That's true. He, he didn't have the to, time to construct the, the cryptic message. Right. No, no hidden clues. <laughs> All right. Uh, well. Oh well. I just I'll say that uh, I enjoyed Deep Space Nine at the time. I haven't seen it since it was broadcast. So. I don't know. Did you watch the whole run? I did. I did. You I watched. Did. I think from next gen on, I watched all the Star Trek stuff as it was broadcast. Wow! So you watch all of Voyager, all of Enterprise? Yeah. Um, not all of Enterprise. I think that's the one where I kind of dropped out. Oh, okay. But, but supposedly I the last <clears throat> season or the last two seasons, I don't remember how many that one went. But supposedly yeah, the it, end of that really got good. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of sad on that one because supposedly it got better after I kind of bailed on it. Yeah. And I was like, ah, it's not that good, and this. Enterprise is all CG and eh. oh, it was. I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, that was they. They stopped using models for that one. Uh, it fuck was, it, yeah, it was. It was uh, kind of sad. I remember watching the first few episodes and I liked it, but I was like, I got other things to do. I don't, you know, I wasn't like I didn't have um, like cable at that time, so it was mm, like I'd have to go and harder to get like, to it. Yeah. Check it out and. And I just remember thinking, like, well, one day I'll check these out. These seem pretty cool. Um, and then here we are, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many days later, still haven't done it. Have you seen yeah. the new one? Um, no, is it out now? It is out, okay. but it is only available on CBS's streaming platform. Oh, okay. So it's not on. So yeah, broadcast TV. No, That's... which is fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's Star Trek. Come on, right? It's Star Trek. It's for the people. It needs to be on fucking regular ass TV that people can get uh, on an antenna. Like yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's just, fucking uh, stupid. Mm. So I don't know, but um, um, they played the first episode on TV, I guess, mm. and then said, "If you want more, get the fucking all access pass or whatever the fuck." Mm. And it just rubs me the wrong yeah, way. Not, not feeling that. No. I I want to see it because, um, and this will will uh, sort of make sense for next week's podcast. But but they they put Michelle Yeoh in in the the new Star Trek. Oh well, hey, I don't know how much she's in it, but she's uh, she's part of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's that's feedback. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Anything right, else? There you no? go. All right, so uh, thanks, and send in some more if uh, anybody wants to. Adios. See you.